Mike, welcome back to the cast. You, uh, we missed you last week. Yeah, I'm glad you guys got to have that that, that conversation. Uh, you and Cassie and Johnny, and, you know, insightful and, and and great. So how 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 are you doing? It's been it's been a bit. Yeah, it's good. As uh, well as we're recording this, we just came off of uh, All In Team Night. Uh, so it was a great gathering with people online. Um, you know, as as we have to mm-hmm. right now, but um, yeah, awesome hearing about just how things are going at church. I, I do want to just uh, highlight that really quickly, that uh, God has been really gracious to us over the past year. Uh, for anyone who, who missed out on All In, um, like it's just so cool hearing how God's blessed us financially in our connect groups, um, you know, personally, um, just the way that our community has kind of has kept in touch and really banded together um, during this time. It's, uh, it's inspiring to see. 100%. It was so good to hear everything from from all of our different leaders and all the different opportunities we had to bless people and, and give money away and um, through FKW and all these different things. And like it's it's a good reminder sometimes when you have these moments, right, that God is is working. He's doing stuff in our community, and, um, and yeah, it's 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 so good to actually celebrate that together. Yeah, totally. And uh, I think like for a lot of us, maybe we've forgotten how to celebrate a little bit uh, over the past year, but. Uh, you know, this was a good opportunity to do that. Um, speaking of celebration, uh, according to the the chosen, which I just uh, which I've been watching after you recommended it, Mike, with Sarah, um, Jesus really knew how to celebrate. Um, you know, at a party. Yeah, I. Re- you know, I, I've been really digging that depiction of Jesus in the chosen. Mm-hmm. He's very fun, and yeah, he cracks yeah. a lot of jokes. He's like just. He's like a guy you like, re- like, it's like you you watch it and you understand why people were so drawn to him. Cause like, obviously like it's not a, it's a, it's a fictional ish portrayal of Jesus. Like it's a artistic rendering of Jesus, mm-hmm. but it's probably like Jesus was probably a very charismatic person who is like very nice and like friendly and probably like just, just like so socially aware of like every mm-hmm. situation so uh, which we don't often think about and you know even yeah, just no, no, no. even just like to to expand that out to the other characters in the show too what i think i appreciate about this show we'll, we'll get into you know our overall evaluation of the quality but i do like the degree to which they've taken artistic liberties to like guess at what the other characters or the other people in jesus life would have been like so many 100%. so many adaptations like people like you know andrew or matthew would be rendered like just like as really flat characters that kind of like all run together and you don't really distinguish them at all like peter's peter and judas you know obviously they would get uh like special treatment yeah because they're they're very notable and uh have like obvious personalities even in the bible but you know a lot of other portrayals of uh, the life of Jesus just kind of don't have a lot of imagination with the other figures. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate that about the show. Um, yeah, Mike, how far are you in, in the chosen right now? We are, we are fully caught up season two, episode three. We, we, we absolutely love it. Um, but, and I think that, I think that you're really right about the way they portray the character development and everything. Um, and yes, I, whenever I recommend it, I do tell people like it is storytelling to a point, right? It's based off you know the source material, but you know we don't really know the backstory of Mary Magdalene. We don't really know the full backstory of Peter. Um, 
and and them filling that out in a way that makes a lot of sense and and mm-hmm. historically would have been accurate and to capture that just it helps bring out life and the way yeah like I'll, I'll rip off one pastor who said that he thinks it's the best portrayal of Jesus that he has seen um, in in like Christian art or whatever um, mm-hmm. and I, I agree like I think there's nothing that that compares to it in capturing Jesus and capturing the life that they would have lived um, and and that's and again like. It, it, it is it's extra biblical in some in some fashion but it's I so far and all that I've seen the heart of it the core message the way they articulate the values right it is the gospels being played out yeah like to see Jesus interact mm-hmm. the way he does to celebrate because again some of its culture right they were ancient Jewish people first century Jewish people and the Sabbath and, and, and the set and the festivals and the way they would celebrate is is, is, is great but the way that they make Jesus absolutely not dry, yeah, and and not esoteric, and not and not this like again this this un, unreachable divine sage thing, I think mm. is beautiful, right? And, and and you know cracking jokes and um, you know and and being someone that you actually want to follow, yeah. See, I think that's one of the most powerful things about it is, you know. We could argue, yeah, that didn't happen like that, or like the whole. If you ever, if you've seen it, episode three um, is is all made up. It's just, it's just a, it's it's literally just all storytelling. If you're not there yet, I won't say what it's about. But um, and it, and it, it it makes no difference to the ultimate story of Jesus, except it, it care it captures how he treats a certain type of people. Uh, they mm-hmm. kind of extrapolated off some verses and it's just a beautiful portrayal of like that that is probably like if i had to read that the verses that they're thinking about and then make a visual image of jesus with this type of person that is how i would see him like that like truly and that's true studying and knowing the scriptures and so i just we really love it in in reckon like again recognizing its place it's a tool it's not the bible in any way yeah. and, and so yeah. our image of christ must not be formed through that but through scripture um, but yeah, it's just, it's such a, like, I don't know, just the way they've done it, like, um, like I said last time we talked about, like, I, I, I've wept many times, just like seeing the <laughs> compelling nature of Jesus and, and how he, like, it's, it's, it, I think maybe one of the most beautiful things about it is, is it, it puts, it puts faces to, to Jesus's redemption, because like we read about mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. and like yeah. I think Matthew, Ma- the character Matthew, perfectly illustrates this. Like we read about Matthew and Levi and the calling of Levi, and we're like, "Oh, that's great," and we just move on. But like the tension that they have built, because he is a tax collector, he is a traitor, he is yeah. this, yeah. this this rich just sellout. Yeah, we don't think about that a lot, do we? Right. That like one of the one 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 of my favorite sermons I've ever preached is actually on the call of call of Matthew, call of Levi, because I got to explore this idea of like Peter and Andrew, like they would have hate, like he would have taken their taxes. Like that's, that's probably accurate, right? That he would have been their tax man and extorted them. And, and then Jesus is like, let's all party together. Like talk about the worst party in the world. Right. And they <laughs> captured that so beautiful. And, and, and like just, just, just those scenes of, of, yeah, of Matthew, of, of Mary being, you know, Mary Magdalene being this demon possessed woman being set free and everyone else has like left her. Like when you, if you had seven demons, like that's intense, right? Yeah. And Jesus setting her free and, and the, the, and the leper, right? No one else would touch him. And Jesus goes up and like, like 
again, I don't want to spoil it, but like where everyone else pulls out a knife, he goes up and touches. Like it's just, it's so like things that we just read and like make sermons out of, like we're people's lives. And this yeah. is how they, like like the New Testament is, is the retelling of the life of Jesus. This is what Peter saw and John saw and and Matthew saw and and, and Luke, you know, uh, heard through through the test eyewitnesses that like this, this is what this is what they saw and like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I just love it. I think it's so beautiful. Again, we're only two seasons in, so I don't know with a full trajectory. I do know one of the interesting things about it is they do have um, Catholic, Evangelical, and Jewish um, consultants. Hmm. on it which i think is interesting um and and there's definitely some very catholic things about it uh there's definitely very you know um not catholic things about it um which i think is great it's it's trying to bring kind of the world of jesus together and yeah i don't know it's 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 i'm i just love it i think it's great yeah i've been i've been so impressed by it i believe on the, the catholic note i'm pretty sure the guy who plays jesus is a catholic i could be wrong on that but i th- think that's he is that's correct um yeah um but, but like he is a really it's a phenomenal performance as jesus i think overall like mm-hmm. it, so the show is crowdfunded and i really love the model like the distribution model even of it too that they've tried to make it free and really let it be a tool of evangelism um which like which would fall flat if the show itself wasn't actually good and and it is and and as a piece of christian entertainment like it definitely raises the bar for what we've come to expect oh, yeah. from Christian entertainment. And like, we, we have criticized Christian movies a lot on this show. And <laughs> um, I mean, this is the first one I've seen in a long time. That's like expressly a Christian piece of entertainment that I've been like, yeah, I, this is a legitimately good show. It's not like, I don't think the production value and the acting overall is maybe quite on the level as of like a Netflix show or like a HBO show necessarily, but it's cl- like, it's close and it's, certainly better than just about every other christian piece of media i've seen well i definitely agree like i think um because of the the nature of it yeah it's but i actually think like the way that it's produced like the kind of rawness of it Mm. is actually like is is lent it it lends to it yeah it's actually charming i think yeah like it it, because like it is that it's kind of like the this is us style thing right and um and, and because of that like it's the the shots and the different things and um if you just probably heard my my daughter say good night good night livy um <laughs> and uh and and but i actually think like i think um i can't remember his name jonathan rumi is that, is that the guy yeah, who plays jesus I think so i don't know if that's what you say i actually think either. it's just, it's like it's 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 an amazing job acting. Like he he yeah. he steals yeah. the show. Like he does such a good job. Um, and like when when you see him off screen, like there's no way you're the same person. Like you, you, he just so <laughs> capture that, which is so weird to say because it's Jesus, right? Like it's such a weird thing to say. But he is such he like he te- clearly is is top notch, right? And did such a good yeah. job. Oh yeah, he's um, great. And like and, and the other and the supporting cast too. Like like obviously like Peter, um, I think his name is Shahir Isaac. He's he's great. Um, some of the other disciples, I think like, obviously they're not, they're not, you know, like you said, on the level of like the best of the best, but, but they're good. I think there's, I think it's a great, great dynamic. So yeah. The only performance that bugs me at all is that, that Roman bad guy. Uh, I find, I find him like pretty hammy, but other than that, like the acting is mostly pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a great, I think it's, it's almost hard to call it Christian art. Yeah. 
it, it's it's clearly like a cut above what we've come to expect so um really good and uh th- well anyway those are our opinions on the chosen other people yeah. might come to different conclusions about it but hey this is the cast and the views and opinions expressed on the cast are those of myself and pastor mike and may not necessarily represent the views of our church with that said enjoy the show Right. Who do we got coming on our show now? Dave says here, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, everyone. Oh no, that's uh, that's we're talking about Dave's Ramsey tonight. He's he's not coming on our show. Um, so th- there's this article I just read in Christianity Today. Um, it's uh, it was really interesting, and it's actually something I have been thinking a lot about lately. Um, just in the wake of kind of a lot of you know high profile church scandals and just some failures of leadership that have gone on. It's the, the article is called "Why Defining Gossip Matters in the Church's Response to Abuse," and they use like a fairly, a fairly benign story. Like this is not to say Dave Ramsey is abusive, although I, I do, uh, I'm sure he's helped a lot of people. I just there's some some, some fusy holds I don't like. That's not the point of what, why we're talking about him though, because it says here in the article that Dave Ramsey defines gossip as discussing anything negative with someone who can't help solve the problem. That means criticism has to go straight to leadership. Complaining to fellow employees is disloyalty. And then, so, uh, the article goes on to say here, it's about, it's about someone who lost their job working for Dave Ramsey. They know not to do what Heather Falk did. In early months of the pandemic last year, she shared on her personal Facebook page her concerns over John's company, John's her husband, reopening its office. A coworker reported the three-sentence post to Ramsey Solutions, and Falk's husband was fired less than a month later. At the exit interview, Ramsey's HR director confirmed her social media post was the reason for their decision, according to a recording. And, and so, like, all this begs the question, like, do we have t- way too thin skin in the Christian world about, like, criticism? Because I, I feel like I do hear this from a lot of leaders about, like, how, like, criticism or gossip, like, that's the spirit of the accuser, which, like, there's an element of there that that's probably true. I think there's a lot of, a lot of, um, there's a lot of people that sit back and do like to criticize and tear down nowadays. I definitely agree that is a problem in our culture. That said, like there has been a lot of high profile abuse and, um, you know, whether it's spiritual abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse in the church, um, over the last like a few years, we've seen it like, you know, Ravi Zacharias, Carl Lentz, um, you know, a lot of these guys that probably were, operated in similar cultures of like don't challenge the leader don't touch god's anointed etc etc and so like where as christians do we divide the line between you know real legitimate criticism and like gossip and and toxicity um the verse that was actually raised in that christianity today article which 
kind of speaks into this a little bit. Matthew 18, verse 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. So this is, you know, obviously what a lot of us first think, right? If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, this is where it gets interesting. Take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, I guess Ramsey Solutions would read that verse and say, okay, well, those two others, those are people that can help, I guess. But I feel like a lot of us would, would see that and like we're, our, our maybe traditional definition of gossip is we're talking about someone behind their back. Well, I don't, I don't think it can be that simple, but Mike, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because, you know, I mean, you're a leader, you're you're probably someone that's had to have some uncomfortable conversations in the church world before. And, you know, what's your, what's your kind of take on that? I've never had to have an uncomfortable conversation, Sam. I don't even know what you're talking about. Um, no. Uh, well, I think the first thing that realize is Dave Ramsey is not a church, right? That's very Dave true. Ramsey, we so forget he that can, sometimes. He can, he can define for his, cultural policy any way he wants to and that's between him and his people who signed the contract to work there so that's number one like he's free market he can do that if he wants when it comes to the church um gossip is like the way that i have i have often talked about gossip is it's talking um about someone not to them so for example, right? It's see. So, so this is the thing: is this article that? And so, if anyone hasn't read the article, the article is specifically addressing the definition of gossip in in terms of you know the Me Too movement and, and abuse being exposed. And so, I think we need to be careful to to think a little more critically about it and and recognize that there is not all situations are equal, right? So you going to your friends and just complaining that this other person in the church, you know, did this dumb thing online, right? Or whatever, like mm. that's kind of gossipy that that just yeah, is, right? There, totally there, there's is. no yep. good to come out of that, right? You're not trying to, mm-hmm. it's expose the sin, especially if the sin's not, but if, especially if it's not done to you, like that's the thing, like Jesus said in Matthew 18, right? That if it's, if it's sinned against you, you need to go because it's, it's an actual offense, right? And so I think a big thing is recognizing number one, um, and this is where and this and this is why it's so tricky, right? It's 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 a it's it's a lot of it when it comes to the general Christian practice is about the heart, right? Why are you talking about this, right? Which means I can have a negative conversation about someone, right, with them not being there, if my heart is genuinely right. And what I mean by that is if I need to process something with someone who's trusted, right? If I have someone like in my life who's done something to hurt me or something's going on and, and I need to bring in someone that I trust, a safe person, in this case Jesus talks about elders and leaders in, in the church, say, hey, okay, have you seen this? Am, am I crazy? Like, I, Because I think a lot of times what happens is we bring people into that because we want someone on our team. That's yeah. the wrong heart, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. me, that's the level of gossip. I want I want us to have this this hate fest going on that that you know, Jimmy is just this horrible person, and let's just talk about it. No, if I if I have to go and say, hey Sam, you know, this happened to me, and I need to process it. I know you're a mature Christian. You can 
you know, not view someone poorly, right? As I like, I, I think we have to recognize that, right? And the general Christian gist of, of gossip, I do think a good definition is talking about someone, not talking to them about an issue that you have, right? Now, not all things are equal, right? So, one of the things the article brings up is is criticizing, you know, the leader of the church. And specifically, it talks about criticizing them in, 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 a, in a place of abuse of power, right? They overstep their bounds, like from mm-hmm. the, you know, you know, the the Carl Lentz's moral failure to the, you know, that Ravi Zacharias kind of just, <laughs> I, it's hard to even just call that a moral failure, just a complete disaster of, 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 of life um, to kind of like the James McDonald, you know, using you know, funds wrong and being boisterous and yelling to Mark Driscoll being like this, you know, macho man leader, whatever, like all those different examples you could take of different leadership issues. Right. And the thing about it is like, as a pastor, like I am not unaware of the fact that people are having conversations about me that aren't always positive. (laughs) Right. Like, I know that's happening, especially if they don't agree with the sermon or they don't like how I did that or, you know, they don't understand the decision making skills because because human beings, I don't mean Christian, human beings tend not to give the benefit of the doubt. That's usually a, 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 a grace thing that happens over time in the Christian heart, right? And so, like, I realize that. And the thing about it is, is it, is it, is it, is it gossip for those people in a community, right, to then you know, discuss, hey, like I've seen this pattern, you know, is this an issue and be able to honestly talk about it? I, I don't think it's gossip un- unless the goal is just to simply tear down somebody, mm. right? Now, yeah. now I say that and we can come back and we can clarify, you can prod and prick at it, Sam, because I know that you're good at doing that. When it comes to things like a victim of abuse, going to an elder going to another leader going to and saying hey i experienced this and i need to i need to process this and and ask if this is something like that's not gossip right like that's that's legitimate conversation that must happen right um and and i know and i do like i i you know as a pastor you you hear the conversations of other pastors and i do know there is a genuine fear with cancel culture and you know everyone has a megaphone and and like mm, false accusations yeah. could be spread and so that's why a lot of pastors are trying to get on this whole like I think I think the article quoted that like churches and Christian organizations are having like non-disclosure agreements built into their contracts now and, and all these different things are going to protect people and like I understand the fear because like if one person got mad enough at me and decided they just wanted to ruin our church they could without even being truthful like it's it's like that actually yeah. happens, and so I understand the fear of it. But I yeah I, I agree with this article um, in the sense that when when it comes to accountability, like like and when it comes to accountability, I don't think I don't think a good interpretation of Jesus's words would be, "Hey, victim of abuse, go sit down first one on one with the one who you think abused you or knew or abused you or whatever." Right? Like. Like that's right. that's not that's not wise. It's not safe. So bringing in an elder now in the, in the church, what we would say is you don't just go bring in Joe Blow. You go to an elder in the church or a leader in the church. Um, you know, not because 
they're the person who can solve it, but because there is a trust of, of leadership and hierarchy that is in God's church, right? We do see that in, in scripture, right? And so it's it's just recognizing that um, there is proper accountability. And in any church that is going to survive, I think, long-term has to have places of accountability, right? People looking mm. over the shoulder, people saying, hey, we're noticing this pattern. Hey, why'd you make that decision? And... Um, and so, so I, th- I think the article lumps too much in to a very specific conversation on how do we how do we handle abusive leadership, and then generalizes that thing for all the Christian all the Christian talk. And I do think we need to be careful with that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, I, I can't help but wonder if like. You mentioned how in the article does talk about how a lot of churches are um, doing like doing this, doing these non-disclosure agreements and things like that, definitely out of a reaction to like just how easy it is to be canceled. I think nowadays, especially Mm -hmm. because especially in in a cultural climate that is like growing increasingly hostile to what the church has to say, like I, you know, I that is that is true. Like as mm-hmm. the cult, as the culture around us gets more secular, and you know, particularly latches onto maybe some ideologies that um, would cast Christianity as the bad guy. Um, yeah, you know that's a legitimate fear. Now, you cut. Yeah, it kind of cut. It cuts both ways though, because then there needs to be accountability, but there also needs to be you know some protection against. Uh, bad actors I suppose but is it possible that just a lot of these churches that are really afraid maybe of accountability are churches that are like too big to fail or like institutions that are too big to fail like take for example if if there was a scandal at Elevation Church around Stephen Furtick uh, what would happen to Elevation Church And, uh, and I don't I think that's an example of like that's a church that's kind of too big to fail um Mm -hmm. where like we couldn't and i I know for a fact that like the the accountability that stephen furtick has is also contra like that is a controversial thing because i think is i think it's just like a small group of hand-picked people hand-picked like pastors from other churches by Stephen Furtick himself that, that kind of oversees him and, and all that. Whereas like, you know, other, other church polity types would be more, um, more built around a board of elders that the congregation selects. And then that, that is like, you know, there's kind of true accountability there. And then also there's smaller congregations so they can replace the pastor if he, if he messes up, which I feel like is kind of the idea that, um, it's, it's never, it's no pastor is too big to fail. I guess. Um, so I, again, the, you did, you brought up a great point that like, it doesn't, it, it's different for depending on the church context, I think. Um, but like to me, if I was picking a church, if I was church shopping, which I don't encourage people to do find a church and stick with it. But if I was like, I would want a church where my pastor, I think had a fair bit of accountability where I could feel like I could bring concerns without, without retaliation hmm. does, that, does that make sense like as a congregant i feel like i, I feel like that is sort of a, a not a privilege but a right that i kind of should have I, I think 
That's dangerous territory, Sam. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think when we begin talking about rights and privileges and responsibilities, I think it's a good it's a good conversation to have in, in the church. Um, but if you if you think about it, also from from this point of view of um, what what is legitimate criticism, right? Because is and this is the thing: is the pastor accountable to the congregation, accountable to the board of elders, accountable to God, accountable to the denomination? Like where do the lines get get drawn? I think that's a, like a good polity question. How do you keep someone accountable? Because in, in one sense, like the congregational model of church is that the pastor is the employee of the congregation, right? Mm-hmm. Which tends to burn pastors to the ground because you get one guy with with a, a vendetta to have a vote and get the guy out and it happens all the time happens all yeah. the time right? right power plays and so the opposite is like the ceo pastor right we're like no like i'm the employee of the corporation and y'all are just participants in what's happening kind of a thing which then you can have the opposite effect happen where, where the pastor has so much power um, in, in his own world that like, again, no one can touch him. He's untouchable. And then we get into the situations where like <sighs> pastors destroy lives. And so it's, it, it, it is a fine balance, but I, I do think, I do think that um, as a, as a congregant, as someone who's part of a family, mm-hmm. right? An honest conversation should always be able to, to, to happen. I do think that, right? Yeah. Now, now the th- thing about churches, right, is, and as, I don't know if this is a good analogy. <laughs> so, um, this is just us processing out loud, people. So yes. if you're if you're listening, like we're just trying to process this out loud. Totally. But I, I like, I'm not going to give the same amount of weight to Weston's complaint about me as I am to Emily's. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, for many different reasons. One, because he's newer to the family. Two, because he's younger and immature. And three, because he's four years old. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. um, and, and so if someone comes into the church and they're new, they haven't been part of the history, the story, they're, they're, they're not serving, they're not giving, they're not in a connect group, and they just want to have access to complain, I don't really have time for that. Like, I have bigger issues to deal with in the congregation than that. So that's the only, like, it, 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 again, it, it's, it's, it's not... It's not a good reason to not have accountability. Obviously, like I'm actually in full agreement with you that there, that that leadership should always invite feedback, all the time, yeah. right? And and the feedback, especially that we don't want to hear, right? And I've had some of those. I've had people, you know, say some really um, spicy things uh, to to my face, you know, to to me about how I lead or how I don't lead or, you know, my intentions trying to like, because I think people a lot of times assume motive and, and right. as a pastor, you understand that when you go into that role, you are, you are taking that, that you're dealing with people and, yeah. and people who sometimes think that they can be the judge and jury on your life. And, right. and, and they're, and I think because of that, some modern younger pastors kind of like retaliate and be like, no, like mm. I'm going to live my life and be me and, you know, CEO model kind of thing because of the damage. And, and, and it, cause it's easier right? to, to kind of live in the CEO model is, is easier because you don't have to be as accountable for everyday right. things. Um, so, um, so it's a yes and no for me. Like 
the models of church matter, but I think what's more important is 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 knowing is knowing that there that no one person in 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 your church has like all the veto power. I think that's important um, because. Because here's the thing, right? Like, it doesn't matter how big or small a church is, right? You give a guy influence over other people, there's always the risk of of Messiah complex, of Savior complex, of, like, you know, abusing abusing the grace of God. Like, pastors in big churches and in 50-person churches have affairs with the secretary. Like, it, like yeah. the story happens yeah. all the time. And, and you're right, it might be easier for a smaller community to brush that under, under the rug and be like, whatever, right? But this is part of the thing of the celebrity pastor, right? Now these churches feel an obligation to protect the reputation of what they have built. And that begins to perpetuate this thing of like, like, yeah, we are too big to fail as an organization, but like, we almost have to keep, we almost have to keep the, the, the persona alive. Right? right, like, like, they, right. like, there's no way one human being can be all things to all people, and never, and, and like, but there's almost just this. Um, interesting that Justin Bieber talked about this when he talked about celebrity pastors. How there's like this pedestal that they're like that these yeah. celebrity guys have like the relationship with God that everyone wants, yeah, and that's yeah. just not true. Like we're seeing it more and more and more, right? And and so when it comes to accountability of leadership, right, I agree with you 100, percent and and. You know, that anyone who's part of our family that has a concern should be able to bring it. Right. And, and right. And, and, it, and it should be. And I think like the, the thing about our church and the way that we, we function is that like really the only thing that I as the as lead pastor right now have like like the final say in. And I say this lightly, like I want to make sure that I'm, I'm right. Is re- is really like the next step, and and preaching, yeah. right? Like we've given away, like you and Sarah lead freedom sessions. Cassie and John do, uh, you know, connect groups. Mm-hmm. We have the benevolence ministry with with Kayla. We kind of talked a lot about that tonight at All In, and like I, I help oversee it, but like I don't make the decisions in those places on purpose. Right, so that like it doesn't fall and rise with with me. Now, Emily and I, as we discern with each other, like we also don't make huge decisions without talking to our men lead team. And like, if there's a huge disunity there or a huge unity, then we can we can move forward. You know, and we have some accountability above us. We see through Toronto and different things. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I do think that being able to have a, have accountability and leadership. Any, 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 and it seems, it seems so foolish, but like anyone should, any leader should want that because if, right. if there's nothing to hide, then there's no issue. And the moment you feel like, the moment you feel like, you know, I don't want any more accountability or I don't want anyone else criticize or like, you might have to ask like, why? Like, what, what, what are you avoiding in that? Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I'm speaking clearly no, on this one, but. that That's, that's totally cool. And no, I, I. I definitely hear you. Like, I think you should want to be a better leader all the time. Like if, mm-hmm. if you've stepped into a position of leadership and you have a growth mindset, like accountability is kind of part of pushing you forward and, and making you better. So um, 
I, I want to say that, but I also I also do want to say this and, and, and balance out this whole conversation too, is that we started this conversation talking about Dave Ramsey, who is not a pastor, but kind of assumes a pastor-like role almost for some people, I think. Yeah. I listen to him a lot and he's Christian adjacent, I guess, in his uh, in the way he markets himself. And then, you know, we talked about some big pastors that had moral failings or just celebrity pastors in general. And we do mm-hmm. talk about that a fair bit on the show. Cause we all hear about it, but I also want to say this, like 99% of pastors in the world are just normal people that do not make a giant paycheck and are just trying to love their community that they're leading and serving. And, um, you know, and, and aren't having moral failures. And also like, I know I follow a lot of pastors on Twitter and I know that like the last year of trying to lead through the pandemic has been like, so like so many of them feel burnt out are like, it's been like the hardest year of their life. They've faced so much criticism because of how just divided everyone is over the pandemic and restrictions and whatnot and the vaccine. And uh, I want to recognize that too, that pastors are trying really hard. Like they did not sign up for a glamorous life. They signed up to help people and love people and disciple them. And uh, we probably should give him a break sometimes, too. So uh, that's partially for you, Mike, too. We appreciate you. We love you. I appreciate it. And, like, yeah, and I think we do need to recognize that, like, pastors are not, they're not heroes in any way. Um, We do believe Jesus is the ultimate hero, not not your pastor. Um, But, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, I think, I think the stat right now, and I could be I could be quoting this wrong, but the last I heard, it's like seven out of ten pastors won't won't retire a pastor. Like it's it's a huge attrition rate because the burden of, of ministry is 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 large, right? And whether it's burnout, um, you know, emotionally, spiritually, like just you know, the church can't afford it, church is dying, whatever it is. And so like there is there is a unique a unique pressure there that that's on a pastor that that yeah, like you know, it's hard to compare it to anything because it's it's kind of like it's like it's like the pressure of of um, like a business operator because there's real money donations and things you need to steward, right? It's it's HR, it's um, it's counseling, kind of. So it's the pressure of like a, a counselor, a business manager, an HR department, um, a marketing department because you're trying to like get people to you know buy in what what you're doing. Plus, you know, leadership management. Everyone expects you today to be savvy at social media and tech, and so like there, like all these different things. It just like it just adds up to be this weird space. But here's the thing, all right? Pastoring, it it, it is like I I, I don't want to say it wrong, but like it is such a beautiful calling, right? Like it's not to it's 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 not for the faint of heart, sure, but it's also not. Uh, to be not wanted, I, I think. I think the. I think we've lost it in the modern world. This call to the ministry, and because because it, it doesn't make maybe as much money, or it's not as whatever, and there's a lot of pressure and whatnot. But like, giving your life, being being paid, being called, being be whatever, to be as obedient to Jesus as possible, to to help other people discover that, to be a light in darkness, to to carry the weight, like. Like what? What greater adventure do we have than that? I think as human beings, and and everyone's called to different roles, of course. Like I'm not not saying that, but I'm just like, if there is this call of ministry, I think I think it's a beautiful call um, that we do need to to steward well. 
um, and, and, and be excited about. But, you know, I think, um, as you said, Sam, like we started this about gossip and um, and what that means. And, and I think I just want to make sure that we, we land there a little bit in, in this way, right? On on all that has come out in the last couple, maybe five years with church leadership and, and how it hasn't handled crisis well, it hasn't handled abuse well, it hasn't handled victims well. Um, it's not gossip. It's not gossip if you are the victim of something to go talk about that. Like we just have like we like we can't let that be some weird twisted thing that leaders or Christians or whatever like try to like make you feel bad about. Um, if if there has been an abuse of power that that, that needs to be dealt with, it does, right? And, yeah. and, and 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 there there needs to be that accountability. And that's not gossip. That's not you know you go into your connect group and complaining about the other guy, the other connect group or whatever, that's gossip, right? There's no good out of that. Um, and, and so if, 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 if you ever hear or like somehow it comes across in a Christian world, a Christian talk that like, you know, to ever speak negative things with someone not in the room, like that, like that's just, that, that's, that, that is an unnuanced view of life. Um, and so I think we just need to make sure that, that that's clear in, in that, you know, anyone in a position of authority, like accountability is necessary, absolutely necessary. Um, yeah, I just I just want to make sure that 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 we understand that, and and that for the general issue, the general sin, the general grievance and complaint, more often than not, you're probably gossiping. <laughs> That's yeah, so just, true. It's, it just probably is. Um, and if your heart is to like. And I'll, I'll say I'll say this too, because I'm in a weird position, because I'm the pastor, right? So people sometimes talk to me about things going on in their world or in their church or their relationships, and there's almost this hesitancy I know some people to be like, "Am I allowed to say this to Pastor Mike?" Because then that's like gossip, right? Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say, right? Um, generally speaking, right? If I think it's gossip, I'll, I'll tell you to not talk to me about it. <laughs> um, I'll be like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. But if, if I can, if I sense and, and I discern that your heart is actually good, I want to process this. I'm trying to figure out this. I want to help this person. Do I need to know? And this isn't just like the typical Christian. I got a prayer request, Pastor. Can we talk about my friend or my husband or whatever? Right? Then 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 we like I'm meant to be that place where we can try to process according to Jesus. Right? Like I'm I'm the pastor of the church right now. I'm I'm, I'm the elder, um, and so, um, but I also will say like. We probably shouldn't gossip about that if I think it's gossip. So just, just want to invite that because I have a weird, unique position in that where people kind of, I have noticed it where they're like, they'll, they'll start talking. They'll be like, ah, Alexi, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Like, listen, I'll, I'll keep you accountable. <laughs> so if you need to process <laughs> things, right, um, even even about me, right, like, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through and I've invited rounds of feedback even from, from the men leads and um, tried to make sure that we're always, you know, growing and, and, and getting better so it's there <laughs> <laughs>